You're listening to the Asking for a Friend podcast, an elder-led ministry of Believer's Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and knowledge of God's people. My name is Tyler Jones. I'm your host. Thank you for listening in, whoever you may be and wherever you may be. May the Lord bless this podcast to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth. On the podcast today is Jason Rowland. He's a senior pastor and an elder here at Believer's Baptist Church, and another of our elders, Philip Castleton. And um, I may have, I think I mentioned this in the beginning of the last podcast, but my wife has been under quarantine. We found some good news out. We don't think that she is uh, positive. Um, for, I think your wife's always for positive. Corona. She's pretty optimistic. Yeah. Um, but Very yes, optimistic, yes. Uh, not a positive test um, for the coronavirus. So... Um, and for that, we're thankful. thankful. Yeah. yeah, praise God. So uh, hopefully we get to rejoin uh, normal life with her <laughs> soon. So, uh, But it has been, you know, throughout uh, the last several months, there's been so many different things with COVID. Um, and just all this election stuff is just weighing people down, you know. And for a lot of people... Um, and that's a topic Southern Baptists hate, election. Yeah. They sure not do. <laughs> whether, it's, whether it's political or whether it's spiritual. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a lot to handle at times. Um, and for some people, they can't help but uh, post on Facebook so that they can just vent a little bit, you know, right? So um, that kind of brings me to the question today. Um, will God give me more than I can handle? And, you know, that's a... It's a valid question for today, right? It is, and I, I I appreciate the way that you brought it into the discussion because we do have a lot going in 2020. We were recording this on October the 12th in 2020. This is for the November month of podcasts, but there has been a lot this year, and there's been a lot of personal tragedy and a lot of personal tri- trials and struggles, um, and then we've got corporate struggles and trials, whether it's political, as you mentioned, Tyler, whether it's social, whether it's just the so-called pandemic and all the um, ramifications of it, there has been a lot going on. And when someone experiences um, a personal tragedy, uh, particularly in our culture, in our immediate context, what we find is that if someone is hospitalized or someone experiences a death of a loved one, um, the comment is, well, God won't put any more on me than I can handle. And that is a misquoting, it's a misunderstanding of what we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verse 13. And let me read the verse, but then we'll set the context. But verse 13 of chapter 10 says, No temptation is overtaking you. But that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way escape of escape that you may be able to endure it. So that verse then is used to make the statement, God won't put any more on me than I can handle. So let's back up and think about the context, what's being said here, and set it in its context and see if it actually says what we tend to think it says. Now, we're not going to go all the way back to chapter 8 and chapter 9 of 1 Corinthians, but chapter 8, chapter 9 are discussions that Paul has with the Corinthians about Christian liberty. And so chapter 10 is continuing that discussion. And Paul is 
uh, coming to the conclusion of that discussion, where at the end of it, he says, all things are lawful, not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. So let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. And he ends that whole discussion. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. But in the middle of the, the ending, there's this verse that we read just a moment ago, verse 13. So how does it fit into Paul's discussion here? Well, it, he's talking now about the idolatry of putting yourself in the place of abusing your Christian liberty. He's talking about the idolatry that we can find ourselves in um, rather than um, making sure that whatever we do, is we're doing for the glory of God. So he says in verse 6 of chapter 10, Now these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did. Because verses 1 through 5 are referencing the Israelites as they came out of Egypt and they're in the Exodus journey and all the experiences of the Exodus journey. And yet, verse 5 says, Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. That is, they continued in idolatry. So, the example for us is to follow not idolatry, but to see the danger of idolatry. Verse 7, do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. That is the a reference to the golden calf that we read about in Exodus chapters 32. 1 and 32, we must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, not grumble, nor grumble rather, as some of them did when they were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example. They, they happened to them so that they would be an example to us. They were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, verse 12, let anyone who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. So if you're going to be prideful and take a stand in pride and think that you cannot fall into idolatry, then understand that no temptation is overtaking you that is not common to man. In other words, Rick recognized that the temptation is there and it's common to put yourself in the place of God or to put some object or experience or some person in the place of God. But God is faithful to not allow the temptation to overwhelm you because He is going to provide a way of escape if you choose the way of escape. The problem is we don't look for the way of escape. From In this particular context, it's idolatry. That's why he says in verse 14, Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. So it has nothing to do with the idea of God putting more trouble or difficult circumstances or inconveniences or discomfort in my life. It has to do with temptation and how to overcome that temptation by looking for the way of escape. Now, here's the thing. I mean, 
let's use how we interpret that um, in the context of Paul's life as he writes about it in 2 Corinthians. So if I say, well, um, God's not going to put more on me than I can take, then what do we do with chapter 1 of 2 Corinthians where Paul writes again to the Corinthians and he says, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. How does God doesn't put anything more on me than I can take fit with this? Yeah, It doesn't. Because God, we, we don't want God to put any more on us than we can take. But God is working to conform us to the image of His Son. So He may put a very heavy reality into our life because it makes us dependent upon Him. In fact, that's what Paul says here. He says, Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. So uh, the, the discomforts, the trials, the troubles, the loss, the griefs, those things come to us and they may be very heavy. They can be very um, difficult, but that doesn't exempt God from putting them on you yeah. because He is doing something spiritually in you. We tend to think God is more concerned about our happiness and our comfort and our convenience, right? right. And what God is concerned about is our holiness and being conformed to the image of His Son. So when we read again in Paul's um uh, letter to Second Corinthians, he says that he was often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day adrift at the sea or in the sea. In danger from rivers. Danger from robbers. Danger from my own people. Danger from Gentiles. That sounds like a lot for one person, mm-hmm. and that's not even the whole list. So God is not about Paul's comfort and convenience. He's about uh, making Paul into the image of Jesus Christ. Right. So he's going to put the things in his life that are going to do that. Right. You know that that the text you were on just a minute ago at the at the beginning of, of in chapter one. Uh, uh, there you go. You know, when it says uh, they trusted in God who raised the dead, Paul's perspective was, the worst this, that this can do is kill me. Right. That's his perspective, right? He said, they've put stuff on us that we despaired of life itself, but our trust, our faith, our, our you know encouragement was that, that we trust in a God who can raise the dead. So even if what God does put on me drives me to the end of my physical life, we trust in a God who raises us right. from that. That's the point. If we go back and, and we read that and understand this in that context, he's saying that, um, uh, you know, he hasn't put on us anything that we uh, aren't able because he provides a way of escape. Um, it could be. 
that the burden we bear, the escape that we ultimately have is the resurrection, right? right? right. Is eternal life. That could be. But even then, if we bring that home and, 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 and give it a more uh, immediate context uh, here, he's saying that there is an escape for the temptations that come on us, that God always provides. Um, he avails, uh, uh, he, he gives us an opportunity if we would avail ourselves of it. Right. Um, the problem is, we often don't like that aspect because it, it means for me... Um, a subjection of myself to Christ, a subjection of my will to his, a subjection of um, my pride. I have to uh, hum- I have to be humiliated, you know, humbled, right? right. And, and recognize that I need something beyond myself. And usually that is where uh, uh, success or victory is found over this temptation, right? right. Um, you know, I know that... Um, you know, Oftentimes, when I have temptation, when I have struggles, you know those sins that that beset us, right? Those things that yeah. uh, I know, I know what the, what the opportunity is to veil, but I often don't take it, right? Because right. I, in that moment, I love my sin more than I do the option out. Yes. But I know that if I would just go to my office and open my Bible, if I would go to my office and open my Bible, that'd be the way out. I right. know it. Right. But instead, you know. Um, you know, I'd, I'd rather fuss with my wife or I'd rather, you know, have this bad attitude or I'd rather do this or I'd rather do that. And and we, we do that because we actually like our sin in that moment more than we like the option right. out. But the Bible says it's not that the, the weight that we bury the, the, the bear, the temptations that, that we face aren't hard or they're not heavy. No, he says they absolutely are. And as you said, they're meant to conform us to the image of Christ. So they could be very, very heavy. Right. Yes. yes. And uh, but uh, it's that they are oftentimes more than I can bear. That's why I must say His grace is sufficient for me. That's right. Which is where I was going with this, yeah. because what you're saying in the context is right. It's a temptation to idolatry that God will give us a way of escape. So it's not an escape from a difficulty or trial. Yes. So then, what does God give us? than to go through a difficulty or trial, a loss, a, a, a grief. It's what you just said. My grace is sufficient for you. Yeah. That partial list that I read just a moment ago about Paul from 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he later says that very thing as he finishes up writing about all of those difficulties and, and troubles that he would be more gladly boast in his weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Why is he saying that? And why is he able to say that? Because God didn't take Paul's difficulties away from him. God told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Yeah, the difficulties actually proved to be an act of grace themselves because what they ultimately do is show Paul his weakness. Right. Right. If the difficulties don't come, Paul doesn't recognize he's weak. If Paul doesn't recognize he's weak, he doesn't rest in Christ's strength. Right. And um, so, and this is why, um, this is why hardship, blessing, temptation, um, even the temptation of idolatry ultimately is a blessing for us in the fact that we rest in the fact that I'm not strong enough to do this on my own, but God himself has empowered me. His grace is sufficient. Right. And we don't need to confuse the idea that God brings then temptation into our life because God doesn't tempt anyway, anyone. So we read in James chapter 1 
um, that we have to understand that, that God is not bringing the temptation to us on purpose. So verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire, then desire when it is conceived or has conceived gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So uh, the temptation then that we're talking about in 1 Corinthians is a temptation to idolatry that God didn't bring on purpose to conform that person. Well, no, he brings testing. Yes. The distinction between testing and tempting is is my reaction to it. Yes. And so he can bring testing into our lives yes. to, to conform us to the image of God. I'm drawn away by my own lusts yes. in the context of that testing, and it becomes temptation often that I submit to, right? right. That's when it's sinful. So God doesn't tempt us because he's not the one who... who um, um, engages our lustful hearts and our lustful attitudes right. in, the, in the course of testing. Right. Um, he actually does, though, oftentimes, um, you know, it, it, we even think about Jesus going into the wilderness. He was led into the wilderness by who? The Holy Spirit. Right. The Bible says, right? right. To be tested. tested. Right. So God put him there. Yes. Right. But um, the testing that Jesus had is distinct from ours because he didn't actually, um, in in a longing for a, a, a fleshly satisfaction and sensual satisfaction and um, temporal satisfaction, um, give in to uh, testing. But we, um, God doesn't tempt us because a temptation ultimately is um, a result of our own sinful behavior and hearts. <clears throat> Yes, and we, we can see the, a good example of that in Job, for example, mm -hmm. um, when um, Job is uh, tested, um, allowed um, by God to be tested by Satan, mm -hmm. and um, we see that God's intent was to prove Job, mm -hmm. and Satan's intent was to destroy him. Destroy him. Mm -hmm. So, yes. So, all that to say that the context of 1 Corinthians then... It's not that God will put more on you than you can take. If he does put a lot on you, you rely upon his grace it's make, to make you dependent upon him, as we've been saying. And always you can know, particularly with idolatry in the context, but in any sin, we can look for the way but of But sin is idolatry. Yes. But that's that's why I was trying to make the point earlier, that in those moments when I feel like this, this temptation is so heavy and I give in, it's always because I love my sin in that moment. Yes. It's an idol. Yes. I love my sin in that moment more than I love Christ. Yes. That's why I don't avail myself of the way out. When I do avail myself of the way out in those moments, I am choosing Christ over my sin. Right. In which case, I'm not being an idolater, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I hope that that's helpful and it can be something that would um, bring uh, clarity and, and even comfort to those who would be listening to this podcast. Thanks for listening to the Asking for a Friend podcast. If what you've heard today has been helpful to you, please subscribe. On behalf of the elders of BBC, I invite you to a worship service at Believers Baptist Church this coming Sunday. The Bible study hour begins at 915 and the worship service begins at 1030. Grace and peace. Peace.